I crossed paths with today's guest on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, and I just knew I had to have her on to talk about this subject some more. It was when I shared a post from a little-known star named Kim Kardashian. She was hiring for her shapewear brand, Skims, and she had two positions open, one for an influencer marketing manager and one for an influencer marketing coordinator. And I posted about it saying that, look at this, someone like Kim Kardashian, the person who basically invented influencers and star power as we know it in the age of social media, still sees the value in influencer marketing. And today's guest, Ghazi Musa, had some really great thoughts to add to this conversation. So let's get into it. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Ghazi, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to jump right in. So you work in influencer marketing. We're meeting for the first time. I'd love to know more about you and your backstory and how you first got into this industry that's changing and growing every day. Yeah. So I am an influencer marketing manager at Athletic Greens and have been in the brand influencer marketing space for a little over three years. And I got my start kind of with an interest in social media and influencer marketing in college. I was a sociology concentrator at Harvard University, and um, a big focus of mine was identity and equality in social media. And so that's kind of from a sociological perspective where I got my interest, and it piques my interest to kind of understand how we relate in the world and how we interact in the world and how influencers at the time, it was a real large focus on Instagram, how influencers really were kind of setting waves in that respect. So I kind of started there. and then worked right after college and did an internship at L'Oreal. So on the beauty side of things, and then COVID kind of hit and I ended up taking a role at a startup and being a brand marketing specialist there. And then most recently I have worked at Outdoor Voices Voices and was on the brand marketing team there and now Athletic Greens. Ah, Big fans of all of those brands. It sounds like a great career so far. And it's so true. I mean, we think about sociology at its core, influencer marketing and social media. It's not just about the platforms and the technology and the algorithms and all of this. It's really about behavior and how we interact with others and relate to them. So it's really interesting to hear that you have a foundation in sociology and how you apply that to influencer marketing. So yeah, I think it's huge there when you think about sociology and the connection there too, especially when you think like, just like you said, how people interact and how they like present themselves and the collective identity and how we relate there. So it's really cool to go a step further outside of the marketing perspective and look at like psychologically and sociology, how we sociologically, how we experience things. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish that was a a term that came up more when we talk about social media. Again, we get kind of caught up in the technology a little bit and we sometimes forget that at its core, it's just about humans and people and emotions and all of those things. So 
I'd love to know what other celebrity owned brands besides Kim's or Skims, Kim's and Skims, <laughs> do you think are doing a great job with influencer marketing so far? Yeah, there's a couple. One probably that comes most to mind is Road Skin by Hailey Bieber. I think it's the use of influencers that are already in the space in terms of skin, in terms of beauty, in terms of skincare to utilize those influencers to talk to the product, I think is a, the best way for brands to like really be able to, to like reach their audience or reach their target market. So Road is one of them, Rare Beauty by Selena Gomez is another. And then Giddy, I think also by Lizzo is another one that I think does a really good job of like looking at like the celebrity themselves, but then going a step beyond that and thinking about, okay, who's the customer and who are influencers that align with the customer target segment and target customer that we're looking at. And how do we reach those, those customers through those influencers? I think that like is strategically the best way for celebrity owned brands, especially like skims and how they've done it to like kind of do a great job at influencer marketing and reach their target audience. Yeah. And it's just one more way to deepen their trust and not have it just be, Hey, Haley Bieber's recommending this. It's showing more diverse voices and other audiences yeah. and people that their customers could potentially relate to. One thing that I thought was really interesting on LinkedIn, you ended up resharing that skims post and you said that influencers are the gatekeeper between brands and consumers. I was hoping you could elaborate on this because this sounds really interesting. It's so funny. I learned, I talked about this on a TikTok randomly, but also I learned about this in my sociology class in 2017 in terms of like the collective identity and gatekeepers and consumers. And I wrote a paper that had to do with social media and the influence of influencer and how an influencer essentially is a gatekeeper between the brand and the consumer because the influencer is the like basically the touch of the brand in a more tangible way to the consumer. Oh. So an influencer's ability to convert consumers to customers for brands is that gatekeeping aspect. Because I feel like there's when you think about a brand and you think about the consumer, there's not always places or touches that you that they really connect from a purchase pattern and influencers help to like create that purchase pattern through that connection because they're really talking to the brand from their own experience they're talking about the product to their own experience and relating it to themselves and they're oftentimes more transparent and more authentic with how they are experiencing the brand and the audience and the consumer and the customer picks up on that and is able to make then an educated purchase based on that versus going straight through the brand's perspective of the brand is going to market the way they market because they're trying to trying to get you to purchase. So having that more authentic touch in between allows for the consumer and the customer to like relate more and increase purchase pattern. Yeah, this is so refreshing to hear because I feel like it's the first time I've seen influencer marketing acknowledged kind of on the customer journey. You know, like yeah. we we very rarely think of their touch points as part of the customer journey, or I haven't really heard it taken seriously on like a customer journey map. Like, oh yeah, this influencer did this and made this impact. I think it's it's been hard for influencers to sometimes prove their impact and prove their value. I would love to know if you have any thoughts on that and how you're measuring the success of influencers and how you're proving that they're affecting those purchase patterns. Yeah, I think it comes down to like having a strategic and data-driven influencer marketing like aspects to your 
business because I think being on the brand side and also being on the influencer marketing side, there are things that are similar, but also different when it comes to how you're measuring that aspect. And one of those ways to do so with influencers, especially is through codes and through links of understanding like what is the influence and return on investment of an influencer? Like we're actually seeing this through the purchase patterns and the people that are using those links and codes of that influencer. So I think really dialing down into the data-driven aspect of like, it's more, it's it's brand awareness, but it's greater than brand awareness for a brand to see that return on investment and to see what's working, what's not working, what content is is working well and like converting versus what content isn't converting and really dialing down to the data-driven aspects in order to see not only return on investment for the brand, but also return on the investment for the partnership for the influencer. Sounds like you have a solid foundation and framework. You clearly know what you're doing. I would love if you could tell us more about what the day in the life of an influencer marketing manager is like. You know, we've been talking about influencer marketing for years now, but I think as integration of the marketing team, it's still a relatively new position. So what does your job entail exactly? Yeah, I think that's such a great question because I, I, I love my job. It- and love like just how relevant it is to the modern world, especially when we look at it being new and influencer marketing itself. And so I work more on the revenue shares side of the business, which is more so the affiliate like allows for the creator to have ownership and revenue share um, from the customers they bring. And a lot of it is a managing relationships with our partners and kind of overseeing the pipeline from the sourcing of those partners and those influencers to retention in the program that we have itself and then the engagement itself. So it's kind of developed, it's relationship building in a lot of ways. And and I think that's like my favorite part too about the influencer marketing space and being on the revenue side or revenue share side of it is like that building of relationships. And it's not necessarily one-off transactions between influencers and brands, but it's more so how can we make this beneficial to both the brand and also you as an influencer? So a lot of it is managing that and managing our partner roster and the overall experience of the partner and communicating with them regularly and kind of giving them feedback and individualized coaching. And then a big part is also with influencer marketing is really keeping a pulse on the trends across all social platforms and kind of looking at what influencers are up and coming, what influencers are making waves, like how can we make, what influencers can make great partners for our program and align with the brand. So it's a lot of management in terms of like conversations and relationships, but then also like forward thinking and looking at trends and what's going on in the market, especially in social media and social platforms. So, yeah. And a certain influencer can pick up steam. Like there are a few that just come on my radar and I just become huge fans of them almost overnight, but it's like, you're, you're a scout for influencers almost. You're like on the sideline scouting out their abilities and everything. I'm curious how much of, of your role is, is going out and looking for influencer influencers yourself versus people pitching potentially to work with Athletic Greens or some of these other brands. Do you get a lot of incoming pitches or is it always you're kind of going out and recruiting? What does that look like? I feel like there's a mix of both of people pitching, but also you sourcing. And I think there's a, a very much, very much so you need a balance of both because there are amazing creators that already align with your brand and already use your product that would make perfect fits for a program because it's just the authenticity and transparency there. And then there's also the aspect of people that you like 
are seeing and noticing from a social platform's perspective that are very aligned and maybe haven't been able to use your brand or speak to your brand and being able to like work with them in that respect and kind of introduce your brand to them is another way. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see just even in my own pitching, just seeing that brands have a dedicated person like you that you can reach out to. And it was always just like, all right, whose email can can I find? Who can I talk to? But there are now dedicated influencer marketing managers. You mentioned that the larger the influencer doesn't always mean the bigger return on investment. So what exactly is a micro and nano influencer? And what have you learned about the impact that these smaller influencers can have when working with brands? Yeah, I consider a micro influencer to be between like 20K and 100K and then a nano influencer to be under 20K. And when it comes to nano and micro influencers versus like larger influencers, I've seen throughout multiple brands that I've worked on that oftentimes nano and micro influencers have generally they're community builders. So they have a dedicated, like a small but dedicated audience and following that trust them and engage with their content. Because if you look at usually engagement when it comes to larger influencers who have larger amounts of followers, unless they're building that community aspect, their engagement is oftentimes lower. So it's like having influencers that might be smaller, that have really dedicated audiences that can really drive revenue in that respect because they have an audience that believes in the products that they're talking about, knows they're intentional and authentic with what they're speaking about, and they've really built that trust. And I think that's the biggest thing of building the trust aspect that I feel like a lot of nano and micro influencers do best because they have an audience and they have a small, well, they have a smaller audience that's really curated. Yeah. And very close knit. And I think something I've noticed about mega influencers, and this is not something that they've done wrong. It's actually something that they've done right. And they've been able to build these huge audiences. But as a follower, sometimes I won't engage with a mega influencer because I think like, oh, they're never going to see this. Like they get tons of comments. I'm just going to keep this to myself. But if it's a a micro or a nano influencer, I feel like if I do engage, it's more likely to be two-way conversation. So that's just something I experience as a follower, which is kind of unfortunate for those those mega influencers, but sometimes I'm deterred from engaging. Speaking to that point of like the closer an influencer is to a brand and less to a gatekeeper, I think makes it a little less hard to engage or a little harder to engage with that influencer. So like the reach that an influencer has from a larger perspective that's closer to a brand's reach makes it a little more difficult because it's like, what is the touch there? And are they actually being a gatekeeper for the brand? Because like, if they're closer to the brand, they're kind of, they're less relatable to a consumer mm-hmm. versus a nano and micro influencer is more relatable because although they have a smaller following, like everything they say, like see is more authentic in a lot of ways. I feel because yeah. it's like, they have a dedicated audience. They're more intentional. It's not like they're, it's a, it's less of a less of a, I almost like a money grab in that respect. And more of like, I'm going to work with this brand because I believe in this brand. I trust this brand. I use this brand and here's why. Yeah. It it just feels a little bit more sincere for whatever reason and just more close and communal. So you mentioned the word creators and I'd love to just elaborate on what the creator economy is. Again, this is a a budding term, I think. So for those who may not know, what is the creator economy and what is the difference between an influencer and a creator? 
Yeah. So the creator economy or like the influencer economy kind of allows for the creator or the influencer to earn revenue through their creations. So it kind of puts the power in the hands of the creator or the influencer with the social platform, whether it be Instagram and TikTok, YouTube, like being the conduit for the creator to create. And I think it's, there's so many nuances when you think about the creator and the influencer, like creators create content and influencers are creators that create content and have a following, but there's nuances in how I personally think as a industry, we should describe it because when you think of creators and influencers, it can kind of be broken down into like brand builders, content creators, and like revenue drivers. And what I kind of mean by that is brand builders being like the true influencers that can do both. So they create great content first and then their influencers second, and they create valuable content that can also be repurposed and also have a dedicated audience in that respect to help create brand awareness from brand builder perspective. And then you have the actual creator content creator. So from that perspective, it's like the true creator who creates valuable content and UGC that can be repurposed organically or in a paid capacity for a brand. And these are usually the nano to micro influencers who have who might not have a larger large following, but they are strong value value add by the content that they create. And then on the other hand, you have the revenue driver and the revenue drivers are what I would call a true influencer. So they have the large dedicated audience base that of followers and the influence and have a larger influence in terms of the purchase decisions. Content isn't always as valuable from a re- repurposing perspective, but they kind of create brand awareness and drive revenue and sales. And these creators are often like best fit into like the affiliate rev- revenue sharing programs. But that isn't to say that like a content creator or brand builder could also be a revenue driver. But I think there's important to make the distinctions between the creator and the influencer and then break it down. So fascinating. So so do you look for influencers that hit all three or do you usually try to have a variety? I think it depends on like the brand, the program you're building and what that looks like, because obviously you have strategic goals and what that looks like too. But really understanding like, what are we, what are you looking for? What audiences are you trying to reach? And using that to then decide, like, does that mean we need brand builders? Does that mean we need content creators? Does that mean we need revenue drivers? And from that perspective too, at looking like every creator is adding some sort of value, but just figuring out what value they're adding. Like, is it a brand marketing value that they're adding from a brand brand awareness perspective? Is it a content ad that they're adding from like building, creating content that then can be repurposed or UGC, or is it solely just revenue driving? And I think some creators do a good job of being content creators and revenue drivers. There's some that can be brand builders and content creators. I think as someone who is in the influencer marketing space and a like nano creator myself, like understanding like those distinctions and understanding like what value am I going to be adding to a brand by creating content? Like, do I want to be a content creator? Do I want to be more of a revenue driver? Do I want to be a brand builder and working accordingly in that respect and kind of refining and trying to be to do more than just one thing? Because that really helps from a brand perspective of looking at a, a creator and being like, okay, they'd be great here and we can plug them in there and they can do this and being more holistic in that respect. Yeah. I think 
understanding that benefits both parties, both the brand and the influencer, because the influencer can more clearly communicate their value when going in and doing these pitches, or it causes the brand to have to figure out, like you said, okay, what are we looking for? What do we need? And then identifying people that way. On a similar note, I mean, I've been so interested in seeing how brands are hiring for influencer marketing managers like yourself. But on the other side of that, the creator economy is now causing people to pursue being a creator as a full-time job, which I also think is is new. In fact, even watching The Bachelor and things, you see people have their their job titles. It just says content creator. When, yeah. you know, as little as five, 10 years ago, if people wanted to grow up and be a YouTuber, it was almost laughable. So the creator yeah. economy is really just changing things and allowing people to make their own platforms. And I think have a little bit more freedom as a role and a, a true profession. It's working out for a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And I think from a creativity perspective of outside, like finding passion outside of your day job in yeah. terms of like being able to kind of do both. Or if you are like super excited and ecstatic about, for example, like condiments, I have a friend that is a condiment creator, like condiment Claire. So she talks all about condiments and like her excitement and passion about that. Like, and she's found a niche for that. She's found an audience for that. So it's like, you can find passions that you're excited about that you can speak to and create content in. Even if no one's watching, like you will have people watching and people you'll be picked up eventually. But I think it allows for more creativity in the world, which I love. Yeah. And it allows people to just embrace what they love a little bit. I mean, not everyone has to understand your, your love of condiments, but it goes to show yeah. that you can find other people who are just as psyched about the most random things that you might think no one else cares about. But if you put it out there into the world and you actually publish content about it, you will eventually attract people who share those, those same interests. So it's, it's a really beautiful thing to see. Yeah. So Thank you for explaining the difference between an influencer and a creator. And we've talked about Kim Kardashian. We've talked about these other celebrities. How would you define the difference between a celebrity and an influencer? I, I think the lines are getting more and more blurred. In fact, yeah. you know that website, Famous Birthdays? <laughs> Whenever I go on yeah. famousbirthdays.com, it always ranks them in like the order of you know how A-list they are. And on the front page, yeah. it's always these social media creators and YouTube stars. I'm like, yeah. who are these people? But I guess in, in some people's eyes, they have celebrity power as well. So how, yeah. how do you see the differences between the two? I would say influencers can be celebrities, but not all celebrities can be influencers. And I say that because when you're thinking about an influencer from the content creator and like the creator economy perspective, like having that root influence it and building that community is important from the influencer celebrity perspective. But when you think about celebrities, a lot of celebrities can be endorsers, but they can't necessarily be in or they're not necessarily good influencers in the terms of like when they slap their name on something, everyone's like, oh, great, amazing. But their level of success might not be as attainable and therefore might discourage people from converting because they're like, how can I relate this this celebrity to me? Like there's an asp aspiration as or inspiration aspect instead of an aspiration aspect to celebrities versus influencers. And then when you look at influencers, like they start as an influencer, you start somewhere like you start somewhere in the sense of like 
having and building community and gaining a following. And so there's more of an aspiration and connection there that allows influencers that have now become celebrities to have an actual true influence and also endorsement value in that respect. Wow. I think that is a great distinction. Something that helps me, I think about when an influencer goes from just being on social media platforms to being on more traditional TV. Like there was a day yeah. when Charlie D'Amelio was just on TikTok. And then the next thing you know, she's on Jimmy Fallon. She's in Super Bowl. Yeah. Commercials, she's on Dancing with the Stars. And that's, in my opinion, when they start to shift from just social to being yeah. more mainstream. Yeah. And I think the big thing too, from a celebrity perspective is like, there's some celebrities that have built brands outside of what they've done or like athletes that have built brands outside of what being an athlete that really helped them to build their brand from an influencer side of like embodying the goals and missions and visions of a company by just like their outside perspective. And that helps them to really be a good influencer celebrity in that respect, because not only are they a celebrity, but they've built a like influencer and they've built their brand outside of just the thing that makes them famous. And that helps brands to really connect with them and see the synergies between the brand and the celebrity. So true. And then they become like more fully integrated into their lifestyle because this, this actor suddenly has a beauty brand or this, this athlete has a, has an alcohol company. Like it, it just, it makes them more like 360 and integrated in their audience's lives when it's not just what they're known for, for their specific talent or craft or whatever it might be. So we've, what I'm hoping with this podcast episode is that people listening to you and hearing how much value you add and just how big influencer marketing is that more businesses will invest in roles like yours and bring on experts in this space because it's, it's going to benefit your brand. Influencer marketing is really here to stay. So in your own words, why is a role like yours important? And is influencer marketing something that just works for big brands or is it something that small businesses should consider when hiring people to work on their marketing and social media? I think in regards to your first part of like, like, why is this role important? I think a big thing of like, if you look at where the world is going in terms of the creator economy and web three and all the things that have to do with the creator, it's important to keep an eye and a pulse on how that what that looks like and having a dedicated person who's understanding the creator economy and the market in that respect for creators helps you as a brand to stay in in lock with what's going on whether it's like an influencer posts about for example if we want to speak about like Fenty Beauty like and their way and their use of like Rihanna but then also like using the Super Bowl as a conduit to talk about Fenty Beauty, like having that pulse and eye on like just that perspective then gives you as a brand a, a something to look at and be like, okay, how do we integrate into a regular event and use an influencer in that respect? Like use this like a, what is it? A cultural moment and integrate an influencer in that respect and create connections there. So I think having someone who has a pulse on like what's going on from a social platforms perspective, but also what's going on in the influencer world because the world is going that way is super important. And then your part about like small brands versus large brands and smaller brands investing into the influencer marketing managers. I think like you see a lot of small brands that are able to bootstrap on the on the fact of um, being able to work with smaller influencers and get their reach or get their brand out there. And I think 
not investing in influencer marketing or an influencing marketing manager um, can investing in an influencer marketing manager can only help a brand in a lot of ways because then you're able to find you're able to have someone who's dedicated to finding those people or finding influencers to engage with and build your brand outside of what people just know your brand as. And I've seen smaller brands do it and do it well. I think it's just being strategic about how you're doing it and being intentional about like the person you're hiring and how they like the methodology they're using in order to find those influencers. But I do think all brands should have a dedication to influencer marketing because of the way in which our world is going. Yeah. You can't just do marketing in your little bubble anymore. It's all about other external conversations are happening and not just to be trending for the sake of trending or jumping in on these cultural moments for the sake of doing that. But it's there are also opportunities that can come up when your specific niche or industry is very topical. And that is going to be a huge opportunity as far as traffic or as far as just getting visibility. If you have eyes on that, there's just a a lot of potential there. So that is great advice. So speaking of monitoring trends, there is something that's been taking over TikTok recently, what we're calling the de-influencing trend, where these creators are sharing less expensive alternatives, or they're telling their audience what products are not worth the hype, what you shouldn't buy, which is (laughs) very new and kind of unheard of. So I would love to know what are your thoughts on this trend and what have you seen? I feel like it really speaks to the Gen Z authenticity, sustainability, transparency, influence in effect, because when influencers, especially TikTokers, are urging their followers to think twice about their impulse purchasing, about certain cult following products, it decreases consumerism. And I personally feel like we have so many products in this world. There's so many things that through influencer marketing, the plus the like positive and negative aspect being like, as an influencer, you have influence and you are everything that you speak to and the products that you speak to are going to have some sort of influence and weight and being able to take a step back and be like, okay, what have I talked about that I don't necessarily like that doesn't necessarily align with my brand and or am I just asking people to buy from a consumer consumerism perspective? And I think de-influencing in a lot of ways like creates that authenticity and that transparency and like sustainability and lack and decrease of consumerism that I think is really important. And it makes influencer marketing in a lot of ways more intentional and transparent because it's less about, it's less about, oh, buy this product because I'm getting this deal or buy this product. And more about like, how can I actually intentionally make my like audience or the consumer's life better by speaking to products that I actually believe in? I never really thought about the sustainability aspect of it. I think that is a really important thing to note because we're also seeing big trends in upcycling and thrifting and people wanting to be more minimalist. So it's just this wave of people not rushing to buy everything, but being a little bit more thoughtful about things that they are purchasing. And I think it's interesting also noting the fact like that our current economy and the economic downturn and how relevant this trend is to that and like the cool like the how where how it popped up in the time in the specific time period this is something important to know especially when it comes to like spending habits of the consumer and like how those are going to change over the next six to a year and like being influencers i think taking note of that and being more intentional about what they're speaking to or how they're like influencing people 
Love it. This is, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. This is such an amazing conversation. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add about influencer marketing or anything we, we didn't cover that you think is important to share? Yeah, I think one big thing from an influencer marketing perspective is understanding that it's more than just finding the influencers that are trending or popular right now and more so really looking at like your strategy holistically and understanding like what communities do I want to reach? What influencers, like, how do I, how does, as a brand, how do you want to show up in the world? Because the influencers are that first touch. And I think a lot of that comes down to like, um, something that I've like thought a lot about is like how brands are using that first touch of like, whether it's you're finding your influencers on TikTok, like your TikTok algorithm is one specific way. So maybe you make a burner account and you're finding influencers on a different account. So it's not like you're not getting a biased view on your world and on influencer marketing or using CRMs that really help you dial down into like discovery and understanding like what you're looking for outside of your biased view. Cause everyone's human. Everyone has a bias. So like from an influencer marketing perspective, like making sure that you're doing your due diligence in order to find a whole host of people in your marketing and who you're reaching out to. I love that. Just being very open-minded, open to things that maybe don't appeal to you personally, but maybe someone else's interest, just understanding the potential that's out there and doing a little bit more research. That's great advice. Well, Ghazi, thank you so much. This, Like I said, this was so interesting. Where can people follow you or keep up with you and, and hear more of your thoughts on this? Yeah. So I actually am a nano creator myself. So I talk a little bit about it on TikTok. And then also I have a LinkedIn, so you can follow me there and Instagram, but yeah. Yes. Find her on, on LinkedIn. I'll have it all linked in the description. Every time she shows up in my feed, I, I stop to read what she has to say because you just, <laughs> you drop wisdom all the time. Thank you so much, Ghazi, for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at briannefleming.com slash newsletter or find me on Twitter at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.